What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Vast Podcast. Jake and Mike here with a special episode, uh, and we are joined by our very good friend Adam Smalcom. Adam, what's up, good man? Nice. How are you? Doing good. How exciting! My uh, very first Vast Podcast. It's uh, your Vast debut. Just yeah. just to prep you, after someone is a guest on Vast, they just start getting hit up for endorsement deals, book <laughs> deals. So just, I'm just getting ready. The DMs are going to be, you're going to get so many, you probably, you're yeah. not going to be able to manage. You're so. not going to know yeah. what to just do. Prep I thought yourself. you were about, to say, we're about to see gold dust in our hands or that, you know, rubies in your toes. Th- yeah, I that's mean, been known to happen too. That, you know? On occasion. <laughs> yes, yes. That's basically how that's this uh, Hey, thanks is. for having me, guys. I'm so excited. It's good to have you. Uh, for those of you who uh, don't know Adam, which would be uh, probably a lot of you, Adam pastors a church up in the Bay Area called Vive. And uh, started out in Palo Alto and now has locations all around the Bay Area, but also uh, a couple now in Italy as well. Um, Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to have Adam on just to jump right into the dialogue today uh, because uh, he pastors uh, in um, a city that obviously has very progressive Values. We are here in Los Angeles, and uh, also is a place that has very progressive values. And uh, we wanted to have a conversation uh, around uh, being missional as a church, reaching the people that uh, God has called us to. Uh, and perhaps some of you who are listening uh, can identify with that. Uh, but even if in your if you're in a place that uh, tends to be um, more conservatively minded, right now, you know, at this point. In human history, the world is so connected. Uh, so we all kind of feel uh, the, the values of the secular culture, no matter where we are. But specifically for those of us who are uh, in uh, cities like LA or uh, Palo Alto, Bay Area, um, feeling the mandate to be missional people uh, and also at the same time to be uncompromising in biblical truth and realizing that it's not just pastors who feel that, but it's people who, uh, who are part of our churches that feel that as well. Um, and so we want to have a conversation on that topic, hopefully as a bit of a, uh, a means to equip people so that we all find the conviction to stay missional and at the same time to stay biblical. Any thoughts off the top of your head, Adam, around that topic? Yeah, I mean, it's a uh, great conversation to have, I think, specifically in the era that we're in, where I think it's so polarized in, you know, everything from, uh, you know, I feel like the the dark is darker and the light is lighter and the gap between is, is gaping. Uh, mm. And so as a person of the light or a follower of Jesus, the idea of, of witnessing or the idea of being missional reaching people in a liberal uh, city, a very, or maybe we call it an overly progressive uh, city, can s- probably feel like a, uh, a difficult task, right? Like it, it's a daunting task because I think, you know, in some areas of the country, and, and I mean, we've got to differentiate the, what, it, what the response is going to be like when you invite someone to church, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's probably what we're talking about in our mm-hmm. church as being missional is, extending an invitation. Hopefully it goes beyond that. Wouldn't it be great if there's people in our communities that have the boldness to lead someone to faith in the workplace? But I think mm-hmm. the most of the time we're going to equip people with invitations to church to right. come to the house of God. In some parts of the country, 
you're going to extend that invitation and they may ask, where is your church or right. what den- denomination are you from? Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> In a liberal city, they're going to ask. They ain't asking LG- that. <laughs> no, they're not asking that. They're going to mm-hmm. say, are you LGBTQIA plus affirming? Right. right. That's, that's what they're going to ask. And I think most believers in that moment will probably respond with, um, well, you yeah. see, and, and yeah. instantly you've lost any chance of being the light. Mm. I think what we've got to understand is that our response has to be biblical, even though it's going to be met with a pretty strong barrage of opinions, right? right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think what we've got to understand, the reason why we've got to stand on the biblical response, which is, well, hey, the Bible teaches that uh, that is not of God's best plan. Uh, and I agree with the Bible. So so I'm siding with the Bible. But the reason I'm taking that stance is because it's an opportunity for me to be light, mm-hmm. to actually present a way that's different, mm-hmm. to present a contrasting narrative that they're submerged in all day long that may not get the right response that you are hoping for as a Christian sales in that moment, Mm -hmm. but it will certainly provoke a thought or you will be a person that in a moment of, of what I would call, I I put it like this. Most people, we think most people, uh, we know that most people are drowning and they need saving, Mm -hmm. but they think they're doing laps. They think Mm -hmm. they're out there just swimming and you're trying (laughs) to throw on life rafts and they're not looking to be saved. But the moment they realize they're taken on water and they're drowning, right. they're going to be looking for the person who was offering a different way or a mm-hmm. life raft. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the bigger picture that we've got to talk about here is, is our goal to win. Uh, uh, let me just put it this way. Sometimes the pressure we put on ourselves in liberal cities to be missional, we categorize it only as witnessing mm-hmm. or, you know, uh, I guess, reaching the lost. Our, our our goal is actually uh, establish the kingdom, and establishing the kingdom. A big part of it is winning the lost, of course. You know, the rule and reign of Christ Jesus is extended through each life that comes to Christ. But even beyond that, it's establishing the values and the morals of heaven on earth. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. it's it's that that mindset. So by watering one down in the hope that you'll convince somebody to come into the house of God by, mm-hmm. you know, less lowering the bar, mm-hmm. you're actually not establishing the righteous standard of Christ that they're going to be met with in the church as well. Yeah. I think, gosh, I could pick up on so many threads of mm-hmm. what you just said. I'm sure you probably feel the same way, Mike. Um, I think a couple of things, realizing that uh, when a society is godless, um, and I don't mean to sound dramatic when I say that, but that, that is what the society has opted to be. Yes. Uh, it's, it's a secular society. And so if you're talking to somebody who's totally written off the God of the Bible, um, then by definition, from a Christian perspective, they are, they're godless. They don't worship the one true God. Um, right. and, and when that's the case, a politics becomes religion. Mm-hmm. Because that is a, uh, it, is, uh, it is an area in our life that has to be filled by something. Right. So when there's... When we've written off the transcendent God of the universe, we're going to have something that is kind of like, it's not transcendent, but it, but we're looking at it to fill that role. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so the reason I clarify that is like when we use terms like progressive or, or liberal, yes, we are kind of talking politically, but also we're very much talking religiously because politics becomes religion when you're uh, when you don't actually have mm-hmm. um, a relationship with with 
with God. Oh, I 100% uh, agree. And I think what, you, what you're seeing uh, is every, no, actually whether you live by faith or you believe in the morals of the Bible and your values are built off the Bible, regardless of that, nobody likes to do wrong. There is an, mm. an innate thing in people to not want to do what's wrong. They want to do what's right. But if you're wrong and right, it's not built off the Bible. It's built off laws. So this is why we're seeing such pressure right now from people rebelling against the change in abortion laws is because all of a sudden abortion was right because it was legal. Mm -hmm. Now it's mm -hmm. becoming illegal mm -hmm. and now it's putting people in doing wrong category just in their mind, regardless mm -hmm. of the biblical efficacy of it. What we're talking about is people are now freaking out mm -hmm. and they're going to fight harder against it because now they're actually doing something illegal if they follow through with that. Mm -hmm. And you're right, they base it off a a legal or a political perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the same could be true on the conservative side as well. If somebody has written off God and, and conservative politics is uh, is is their God, so to speak, um, then they'll find mm -hmm. themselves in, in the same bubble. Studies have been done, though, and this is interesting, uh, and this isn't like, um, you know, some podunk little organization that, that did the study. It is more likely that somebody with progressive politics views, even if they consider them, themselves a Christian, they view their faith through the lens of their politics more than somebody who is more conservative in their politics views their faith through their politics. They usually wow. see their politics through the lens of their faith. Which is so different than everything we hear. Everything you hear is hear, that people yeah. who lean conservative, mm -hmm. like, oh, they're, you know, they're, they're politicizing the Bible and they're politicizing their views. And it's, it's actually, the study has shown it's, it's the opposite. Which is wow. why um, I think sometimes in our context in more progressive places, Christians can find it quite difficult because mm -hmm. they don't want to be seen as going against yes. the grain of the political talking points uh, in their um, in their city. Yeah. One thought came to mind for me that I love that you talked about, like, don't be afraid to be true about what the Bible teaches in regards to any particular topic, mm -hmm. whether that topic is abortion or LGBTQ, uh, I, what is it? IA? Yeah. Plus? Something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, because you, you don't want to mislead people in terms of what you believe. Mm -hmm. First of all, you have to get clear. Like you, if you're going to be a Christian, you have to decide that you're mm -hmm. going to be biblical. Um, and when you've made that decision, you want to be clear and you're, you're kind of setting yourself up to be someone different in that person's life, even if it means that they're initially put off by you. Hopefully your character right. is integrated enough that they can see past the disagreement and go, well, this person is still X, Y, Z in my life and, and I love them. So that when the opportunity arises, it's like you said, when someone starts to take on water, when they find themselves in a position where uh, they recognize their need for light, you are there. And I would just say this yeah. as, as one final statement on that. Um, and maybe Mike, you want to chime in, but um, here's the, th the thought that I've been wrestling with recently. If, if somebody has to come to church to find out more clearly what you believe, and they've been your friend for two, three, five years, then I would say that you're, mm -hmm. not, you're not really... Yeah, approaching that friendship the way a Christian should. They should already, like anything the pastor says from the stage, uh, sh shouldn't be that shocking if, yeah. if these are people that you're in, you know, uh, long-term friendships with. Yeah. So let me ask you guys a couple of, I guess, practical questions about this, right? 
because I think a lot of people are listening. So if if we're talking about local churches in progressive cities, that also means a lot of the people who are in our churches, who especially are newer Christians, are still maybe even working out what they believe about some of these topics. Yep. So I want to throw out like a couple of examples of things that I've actually heard pastors say mm-hmm. from their stages over the last few weeks, really over the course of the last couple of years about things like this and just get you guys' thoughts. Because I think oftentimes we hear this and we play this scenario out like, okay, I'm at lunch with a coworker. I asked them to come to church and they go, okay, well, what do you guys believe about abortion? Yep. What do you guys believe about LGBTQ? Um, and this is like very specific, but I've heard this and I think it'll be helpful for people. So I've heard people say things like, you know, well, this isn't really my opinion. It's the Bible's opinion. Mm -hmm. And I'm still wrestling with whether or not I believe that to be the case, you know? Um, In other words, we don't, like, like, is it okay as a Christian to say, yeah, you know what? I actually don't really know if I like this part of the Bible or agree with this part of the Bible, but this is what the Bible says. So I go with it. Do you understand what I'm saying? So then there's, then there's, so there's that. And then I think the other side of it is, to your point of like, okay, I've been friends with this person for three or four or five years. They don't really know exactly what I believe because they're going to find that problematic. I think people look at that as them being compassionate. Sure. Right? So I guess those are my two questions. To your first question, I would say that if you are a preacher of God's word, mm-hmm. then absolutely not. You can, cannot stake your claim in uncertainty when it comes to preaching God's word. Like right. The, so the, so it's, it's never an out to say, well, this isn't really, I mean, like, of course it's God, God's idea, not my idea, but there's not this like, well, I don't really believe it, but God says it. No, that's, so. So, that's so, that's so wussy. Like be, <laughs> be, be a, like be a man, man. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what are the qualifications for being uh, a pastor, for being an elder is able to teach. Right. And you are not able to teach something that you are not sure is worth teaching. Okay, but what about a regular person? Like regular person yeah, works Yeah, well, that's at, what I was dissecting. Yeah. I, was, I was splitting okay. up your, your question. So if you're a pastor, you have to just answer the question. And don't be a <laughs> baby. Don't be a wuss about it. Like you, you can be compassionate and clear at the same time. Yeah. In fact, I think it's less compassionate to be unclear because now you're misleading people or now you're op- – now you're if you present it like that, you're opening up a window of like, oh, so there maybe at one point this pastor is going to change their mind. Right. Like that's yeah. I this is what the Bible says, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's idiotic. And what you're doing is you're 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 taking that person down a path that if you are truly in your heart of hearts, like you desire to be biblical, you're setting them up for letdown. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they're going to hope that the church becomes something that that. We will never become right. So, like when I, I address the you get about this, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> when I address abortion, on if I Sunday, can get him, if I can get him triggered two or three times on yeah, a podcast episode, we win. <laughs> when I addressed it on on Sunday in our services, I was very clear. Mm-hmm. Um, but and, but you can be clear and loving at the same time, mm-hmm. and you can address how other people uh, are feeling or mm-hmm. might feel about a particular topic. Um, and have compassion for that while at the same time not compromising mm-hmm. on, on the biblical truth. Yeah. I, if I would I, say – Go ahead. Can I, can I mention – I would say I think it's okay to say I don't understand. It's not, a, it's not okay to say I don't agree because uh, mm-hmm. you just formulated an opinion that was contrary to something that is probably deeper than your intellectual ability has right. and, uh, is able to comprehend. So I think it's like I don't understand all the things in the Bible, but to take the position I don't agree, that's actually a dangerous one. I don't even love it when 
preachers will say, hey, in the English version, it says this, but in the original Greek, it actually means this. Because that just, you do that enough, it just puts doubt in the English version that they're reading every day. Yeah. Uh, and they probably don't to- read or speak biblical Greek. No, exactly. <laughs> exactly. They just regurgitated that anyway. Um, you know, I'll, I'll take it one step further, Mike. I actually don't think in this climate we're allowed to disassociate from even Christians that are presenting as crazy online. You know, you've got some Christians who are hardline and hardcore, and I hear Christians all the time say, we're not with them. You know what? Every family has a crazy uncle exactly. and that you're embarrassed of, but you can't disassociate from the family. You've got to hope that you judge Christianity through me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I can apologize for maybe the way that they're presenting it, but the, probably the passion behind what they're presenting is true. Mm-hmm. They're just doing it obnoxiously because they can where they live. And theologically, we are more with them than we are with the world. They are our brothers Uh, and sisters in Christ, if they really are Orthodox Christians and not some like crazy alternative mess. And maybe they don't have the finesse that we would present it with. But Mm -hmm. however, I can't disagree with them. And I can't disagree with what I find in the Bible. Mm -hmm. I can just say, I don't understand. If truly you don't understand, like, let's be clear. (laughs) Like a lot of things in the Bible are very understandable. This is not an impossible text to understand. Mm -hmm. So yes, I think there is a season, right? Where, yeah, but there was a season where the disciples didn't understand. Totally. Jesus said, eat my flesh, drink my blood. And they were like, I don't understand, Mm -hmm. but I love Mm -hmm. you. Totally. Mm -hmm. Uh, But but we have 2000 years of, of, of uh, hindsight now. Um, And so I, I think that's, that's fine. If we truly don't understand. Um, but if yep. we do understand, then I don't think we should give ourselves kind of like outs or caveats to to kind of dumb down our perspective. You know, like I think we should just make our perspective clear and compassionate. Um, and I think the more clear, the more compassionate it is if it's presented in uh, in a compassionate way. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. What, I'm always fascinated are- by the the level of knowledge that people have in in probably churches where we live, you know, they didn't grow up in the, maybe the South or the Midwest where, you know, Bible stories were infancy, you know, in school. I was preaching the other week about uh, uh, David, just David, David, Goliath, David. And uh, someone uh, said, is that the guy that wasn't allowed to cut his hair? Um, And I'm like, are you talking about Samson? But just even the fundamentals of biblical stories were all mixed up. And so I think, you know, you've got such a gamut of people in the church, Mm -hmm. uh, I think, trying to form opinions based on a political nuance on what does the Bible say. Mm -hmm. I agree. If if get educated, let's teach our people what to believe about the, you know, the obstacles that are in the Bible. Uh, But I don't think we're giving permission for people who are new to faith even to say, I disagree. I'm not ready for that yet. I think. Day is like I'm on the journey of learning, uh, but mm-hmm. what I do know is this. Mm-hmm. I agree with you on on that. Like, and that kind of goes to the second part of your question. So it's this is to me this is the only like place you can be as a pastor. And if you're not yeah. there, then you're you're not qualified. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're, you're, you're 100%, not qualified. Right? 100%, now yeah. that's not that's not to say that a pastor has to be right about everything that they teach. Like, sure, all all the gifts of the Holy Spirit are gifts that we're growing in. Um, but it's very hard to grow in a gift if, you're, if, you're, if your presupposition is that I'm not sure if the Bible is true. 
like oh that. Oh my gosh. That's mm-hmm. of course. Right. Like, mm-hmm. or, you know, I just, I'm not sure how I feel about what, like, I feel great about everything the Bible teaches. Let me just put that out there right now. I feel great mm-hmm. about it because yeah. it, it is what is going to lead us into life. So Absolutely. now if, if you're a Christian sitting in a church and you're hearing your pastor espouse what are truly uh, um, uh, biblical positions and views on, on matters, it's fine if you feel tension about that. Like that, that doesn't make you a bad Christian because we're all living in a culture that is anti-Christ. It, it's, it's, it doesn't have an interest in the Bible yeah. being God's authoritative mm-hmm. word. It doesn't have an interest in Jesus being the Lord of our lives. So it's fine for you to feel tension because uh, six and a half days out of the week, we're swimming in waters that yep. um, are, are just antithetical. So it's okay. No, I tension. agree with you. I yeah. agree with you. I think what I'm, what I'm highlighting on is that what you just said, the tension, mm-hmm. I'm still challenged. I've been preaching the Bible for over 20 years and I'm still challenged by things in the word. Oh, hundred percent. A lot of it. I'm like what? that. That's really hard. It's really hard. It's really hard. Now I've got a maturity process to embrace that and go, oh, and I almost get excited about it. Okay, God, what are you doing in mm-hmm. me now? But I think for maybe someone who's new to faith, that challenge could just be put in the too hard box. Mm-hmm. And so instead of them taking the position, oh, I don't agree with that, I'm I'm leaning towards a position I don't understand at all. Yep. But mm-hmm. that doesn't disqualify you from being a witness, reaching your friends. What I what I feel like Mike is presenting here is a really good opportunity. Instead of disqualifying and putting doubt in the Word of God, or disconnecting, or just taking the portions that you want to believe that apply to your situation, I think what you can understand is I'm not intellectual enough yet. I'm not far enough on the journey to fully get the revelation of what God's mm-hmm. doing. But I do trust that what God means is for my growth, my benefit, and uh, for my future. Uh, and sometimes there's hard things in there. Mm-hmm. Truths, truths are tough. Mm-hmm. T- tough to hear. Mm-hmm. You're exactly right. And so, yeah, we agree, right? Like for, um, for every Christian that's sitting in a church and they're hearing biblical truth, it should challenge us. Yes. Um, and it's okay if you feel tension about that. And a lot of times yes. you are going to feel tension when things are being talked about that the society is also very vocal on. And you're going to feel tension because you're interacting with people who view uh, these subjects um, completely the opposite of mm-hmm. the biblical view. So, yeah. Well, but, and not just opposite, but now problematic. They would problematize And oppressive and, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, Bigoted. all of these things. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's not, and that was... A lot of the conversations I've been having with people is not so much like, it's like, oh, it's not that my friends wouldn't agree. It's that if they found out I believed this, they would actually view me as a bad person. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, which is where I think a lot of that fear fear and, comes in. And so that's when I would just very gently put it forward for us to consider is that if you're avoiding the true answer to a question that's given mm-hmm. to you, is it really compassion? Or is it something else? Mm-hmm. Because if it's if it's grounded mm-hmm. in fear of what they think, then that's not compassion. Mm-hmm. That's just fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are yeah. two very that's different a great things. Point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I can I drill one more practical level de- level deeper yeah. in this? Because I think it's it's important. Okay, so somebody is, um, maybe they're in a workplace, maybe they're in their university, whatever it might be, and there's this fear of. Um, I don't know, like 10 years ago, we never thought about like 
could I be viewed as a bad person by sharing my faith or something like that? So let's say you're working at a big company or a big organization and you're starting to have these spiritual conversations with a coworker or whatever. What if there is this actual fear of like, man, I work in an industry where I, this will so go against the grain of what this, the people in this industry believe that it could, and whether it's a real fear or just a self-imposed fear, I could lose job opportunity. I could lose career opportunity. My job could be on the line. There may be a whole group of people that don't want to work with me. Like that's a really hard thing to confront. So how should people think about that? Yeah. I mean, Adam, do you want to speak first? Oh, no, go for it. I'll, I'll, I'll follow yeah. you. Um, I think for me, you, you can't let a fear of the future keep you from answering questions honestly. Mm -hmm. um, now, I'm not going to go into my workplace and parade <laughs> like my, right. my views uninvited. Um, and so if someone in your workplace is asking you what you think, then I think you have to be truthful. But again, a lot of times we, uh, uh, we, um, we couple like truthful with automatically being like blockheaded. Like mm -hmm. the, the two don't have to go hand in hand. Like you can be uh, yeah. truthful in a way that is not off-putting. Um, and so you might use language like, oh, you know, actually I see it a little bit differently than the way a lot of people see it. Um, or just up front, I'm a, I'm a Christian. Uh, and mm -hmm. so my faith involves that, um, uh, that I view things through the filter of, of the Bible. Uh, mm. and so my hope, you know, a lot of times I feel like my views aren't going to be tolerated. So, uh, my hope would be that people could tolerate, you know, what I feel about these things or what I think about these things as well. Mm -hmm. Um, That's great. so I think you gotta be, uh, you got to be truthful, but you can be wise in the way that you go about mm -hmm. it. Um, and I know that we see a lot about cancel culture uh, on um, on Instagram and on Twitter mm -hmm. and stuff. And so that's the fears that we're going to get canceled, uh, which is totally valid. Like, you're right. That's a, that's a real thing in mm -hmm. our society. My hope and uh, prayer is that that's, and, and I actually think this could happen, that that becomes less of a thing. Um, in the next few years, uh, because I think society is going to be forced to deal with that because you already see even like, so you're talking in the Silicon Valley, you already see some tech companies kind of standing up to mm -hmm. like this, um, this woke wave of here's what everybody who works here must believe. Here's mm -hmm. how they must vote. Here's how they must think. And those companies are like, we are nothing to do with that. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, I do think that there's a, a strong chance that that, that cancel culture is going to lessen. Uh, to some degree, um, but but even if it didn't, you know, I th I think that we have to be willing to to answer questions honestly if they're put forward to us. Now, how often is somebody asking that question? I don't I don't know. Um, it might get asked fairly often. I, I would think that that's not like the number one topic of discussion. You know, when you're well, standing I mean, I put it this way, and Mike, you asked a very provoking question. This is probably one of the most uh, important questions that anybody could ask today, believe it or not. I actually put it in that category because what we see is uh, a lot of conversation in sports right now is should transgender athletes be able to compete in women's sports? Okay. And we're debating this. And there's a lot of topic. If you took yourself 
10 years ago and transported you today and you listen to this conversation, you would say, what are we talking about? This is yeah. ridiculous. What world are we living <laughs> in? Go, are we insane right now? Like, <laughs> what are we talking about? But you've got to see how we got here. And that's sometimes you've got to ask, how did we get here mm-hmm. to where we – like, and it started with uh, the the PC movement, the political correctness movement that really caused everyone, oh, that's not politically correct, so you weren't allowed mm-hmm. to say certain things. That moved into cancel culture where you would just get canceled and most people just bow out to where it's like, you do you, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. what, what's mm-hmm. good for you? Now, now, the problem with that is we approach our workplace from, well, I've got to come under a system of uh, say they establish in here you've got to use pronouns and you're going to get written up if you don't use somebody's correct pronoun, which could change day by day. Um, and if you're not up to date, then really what that is, that's coming under this system. You've got to come under this system. And you could view that as, well, if I'm submitted to this system, I have to abide by those rules and I have to do that. It doesn't change my faith. And I, to a degree, think what the purpose of you being there for, uh, you agree to some things if you sign on to that. At the same time, I'm challenged in my mandate as a bringer of the kingdom of God, exactly. the values and the virtues of Christ, knowing that if I accept somebody's uh, pronoun or I allow that to be something that I perpetuate in their world, I'm disconnecting from what I know to be true is that the purpose of God in their life is that they would know their identity in Christ. Mm-hmm. And the enemy's plan is to subvert them from ever knowing their identity in Christ by first confusing their gender because you can't know your identity in Christ apart from knowing how Christ created you, with which gender is so written and woven into who God's called you to be and what he's called you to do. So the enemy has gone all the way back. If he can disrupt somebody's identity around their gender and how they were created, they'll never know their purpose. So what I end up doing is, inadvertently playing into the enemy's plan by perpetuating Mm -hmm. a label that further disconnects them Mm -hmm. from the purpose of heaven. So if I put it in that category, I'm so challenged now to just be silent about my faith Mm -hmm. and ignorant to a system that I'm playing into and a culture that is going to get so far gone that I don't know where the line is myself. Yeah. So I think you're right. I think there is a challenge that sometimes if we're going to see an awakening, if we're going to see a revival and a rapid movement in liberal cities back toward the things of God, it is going to require Christians Boldness. in not just in Sundays raising their hands and saying mm-hmm. amen, but in their workplaces standing yeah. up for the virtues and the values of heaven and mm-hmm. saying, no, I can't bow down to that. That yeah. may mean my job's on the line, but guess what? Yeah, uh, I'll find another job because yeah, I, I need to you. hold the line. And that's pretty mm-hmm. radical stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's it, pretty provoking stuff, but it, yeah. What, but what else do you do? You're mm-hmm. making really important points, right? Like um, uh, Rod Dreher uh, released a book a couple of years ago called Live Not By Lies. And mm-hmm. the whole premise mm-hmm. of the book is that when we knowingly start to play into things that we know in our, in our minds are untrue, yep. um, we are making ourselves uh, uh, slaves of, a system mm-hmm. yes. slaves and of an ideology um and ultimately when that ideology permeates uh, uh a government then you're making yourself a slave of the government mm-hmm. because you are yes. you are giving up um what you know to be biologically true and in our case biblically true um for the sake of um playing by by the rules i do think mm-hmm. that there's a way to be wise in that scenario and so i would just offer this up as an idea 
Uh, me personally, I think to to go along with the pronoun thing, um, I agree with you, Adam. I, I don't think it's the right move. Um, I talked about this on Sunday um, and kind of like put forward the the obvious objection. Isn't that the compassionate thing to do? Um, and I think we have to concede that it's only compassionate so, so long as we are saying that uh, it's compassionate to participate in a lie. And mm. I don't think it's compassionate to participate in a lie and to perpetuate an ideology that's keeping people in the dark. So I don't think it's actually the compassionate thing to do. But here's what I would say you could do. Rather than using pronouns, just use the person's name. Exactly. So someone's name can be whatever they want it to be, you know, and they can change their legal name. And so I can mm -hmm. call somebody by their the name that they've chosen, mm -hmm. um, regardless of, it, of whether it has anything to do with um, uh, a transgenderism or, or not. So I think that's, that's kind of a, a way for a Christian to go. You're not perpetuating a lie. That person has legally changed their name. It's a, it's a legal thing. That's mm -hmm. fine. Um, and I think that's that's a way that you can maintain your integrity as a believer, um, hopefully maintain a place of influence in that person's life, uh, because ultimately our goal is to win those people um, to Christ. And so you need to be able to take a path that that keeps that door open. Um, now, in saying that, I, I might be wrong. You know, that, that that might not be the right way to think about it. But I think that's, that's a way uh, to think about it. Um, that, that helps practically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's actually really confronting. I think for anyone listening to this, just the idea that you guys have both said, that's in my mind, even just, it's like a, a way that I know I've thought about it, but even now being more front and center is like by participating in something, uh, in a lie, I'm actually help. I, I'm, I'm, I'm helping the enemy move this person further away from God's plan mm -hmm. for their life. And that's like this weird confronting thing that is really sobering, mm -hmm. but also challenging yeah. going, yeah, okay, I'm participating in this, but I'm not being yeah. compassionate or helping in any way. I'm actually helping them get further away from who God intended them mm -hmm. to be. And that's like a level of conviction that maybe we haven't had to live with as Christians mm -hmm. yeah, in a long time. And now our, that's just where we're at. That's where we're at. And it's, you know? you're right. It's very new. Mm -hmm. I think it's, I think it's both. I think you're playing in the enemy's plan and to to push those people further away from Christ, but you're also working in the enemy's plan to inoculate Christians to make us less potent in the world. Mm -hmm. And I think each time you play into that, you become less potent in the message that you have and willing to bring. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have to face off with the reality, right? That um, in the first century, uh, you have Christians who are very strongly connected with one another. And, and bearing one another's burdens. That was, that was much more than like being a shoulder to cry on when they had a hard day. <laughs> yes. like, yeah, right. They were really bearing one another's burdens and, and helping one another yes. in, in practical ways. The reason yes. for that is because their views made them ostracized from yes. the culture that they were, they were in. Um, yes. so like the, take the book of Hebrews, for example, like these, these believers are under heavy fire, yes. uh, from, from the Jews in their city. And, yeah. uh, and even like, you know, you see, um, Paul in Ephesus and all these people start like burning their, uh, their, their occult texts. And, uh, I think it's Artemis, uh, of the Ephesians, the goddess, uh, that, um, is the, the primary idol in that city and people aren't you know one guy's like yo this is bad for business they're not going to be buying our little idol statues that we make now right. um and so it 
like even the the Roman world started mm-hmm. to turn on them. And, and so it's we have to face the facts that for the first time in our generation, our society has reached a point that is they're holding views that are so incompatible with truth um, that if we are going to be truly compassionate and truly courageous, we're going to, we're going to stay in the camp of truth and that's going to put us at odds. And that might come with a a cost. Um, And that's why the first century Christians lived the way that they, they did. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also believe that uh, even if there is some cost involved um, that God is able to uh, the book of Revelation in chapter 12 talks about how God nourishes the church in the midst of the wilderness. Um, yeah. And so certainly I think that God is I mean, you're right. That Hebrews even talks about that, as you mentioned. Hebrews talks about, remember when you first came to Christ? Mm-hmm. Remember how you persevered with those who were mm-hmm. suffering? When mm-hmm. those were in prison, you mm-hmm. empathized with them. You were willing to lose property because you knew there were better rewards awaiting for you. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's almost like this, what happened? Why did you get so soft? Mm-hmm. And I know that I'm not calling necessary people wussy like you were jake but uh to be clear i was calling pastors wussy (laughs) okay there you go i love that and 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 i'm and i'm not the guy like i you know i didn't post about abortion on my social media we didn't post about it on our church like i'm not the guy who thinks you've got to be like standing up with like a megaphone holding the line you know on on instagram i I just talked about it on sunday morning to our to our church what i'm calling wussy is uh (laughs) is to say that you're that you're a uh your job is to teach the Bible, and yet you cannot stand with the Bible. Right, absolutely, absolutely. But I do clear. think that if we talk about, like, right now, maybe maybe there is, and it's such a good question, Mike, like, are we trying to empower believers to rise up in a revolution against some of the standards and liberal ideologies that they're succumbed to in their workplace? And I think you've got to you really got to pray that out with God. If God's put in your heart that your mission is to shift a culture in the workplace, then as a pastor, let us support you. Go for it. If there is a plan that God has you on that it seems like you're undercover and taking the persecution for a season of these woke ideologies that you have to persevere with and endure through, then that is also holding the line. So, so it's a matter of perspective, and, mm-hmm. and I think that we've got to understand what has God called us to do in mm-hmm. this season, mm-hmm. and am I being obedient to Christ, mm-hmm. or am I just playing along with a plan? And I think there's mm-hmm. both can be justified. Yeah, that's that reminds mm-hmm. me of I can't I wouldn't be able to quote him verbatim, but that reminds me of um, the, the what Rod Dreher is drawing on historically in that book, Live Not by Lies, uh, is. Um, uh, uh, Soviet communism. Right. And, okay. and what, what he's saying is that um, that was like real hardcore totalitarianism. What mm. we're already experiencing and perhaps will continue to experience at a heightened level is like a soft totalitarianism where there's, there's permitted things that you're allowed to think and say um, and the things that fall outside of that, that's going against the ideology. Mm-hmm. And so Therefore, you are, you know, you're canceled. What do they call that? That's the like the Overton window, right? Like the the window of things in society mm, that are mm-hmm. that are within the context of allowed to be talked or thought about. Yeah, and in a it certain way, and it's essentially shifted so much in the last yeah few years that so that somebody like, who pre- previously would have been considered on the left is now considered center mm-hmm. or even right. like considered right. It's funny. A lot of the thinkers that uh, uh, I follow 
identify themselves as I'm, I'm like a, I'm a liberal bro. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and Joe Rogan, thing, the far right wing <laughs> voted yeah. for Bernie Sanders <laughs> twice. Like he's so, so right wing. Yeah. Um, is that, is that, was it you that told me that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so in, in any case, uh, there's, um, there's that Overton window. There's that soft totalitarianism thing. Um, and, when Rod is interviewing people who survived uh, and lived through that experience um, in the Soviet uh, Russia, it the thing that they put forward, I think his uh, name is Solzhenitsyn, was like a, a pretty prime thinker um, about that era who lived through it. And what he says is like, you don't have to be a revolutionary. Just every opportunity you have to not live by a lie just do that. Just don't live by the lie. Because what happens is when you live by lies, it actually starts to demean your own uh, self-image. Mm. Because every time you do it, you know that you are, um, you're operating in fear. Mm -hmm. I'll just say mm. it that way. Mm. And that starts to demean your own self-image. And so that's the advice that he gives us. Just, just be truthful. You don't have to be a mm. revolutionary. Just, just don't live by lies. Um, and eventually, if lies are truly lies, then they're going to collapse eventually. Uh, oh, just absolutely. Like you, see, you see with, um, with communism. And so... Um, I think sometimes, I, too, there is a, a, something powerful to, to believe that God's plan is, will stir somebody's heart at the right time. You know, maybe there is a season that you felt uh, maybe a little bit uh, wishy-washy in mm -hmm. your faith, and mm -hmm. then you get so inspired, you sit under Pastor Jake's message, and you get inspired, and so you're all of a sudden at a, a director level in the company because you've built your way up, and then you're perfectly positioned to actually make some changes. Uh, and, and, you know, I think of Gideon, you know, how he had to hide the lamp position in the middle of the camp and then God said break it but he was positioned in a season of obscurity or anonymity for when the light was shone forward it actually had maximum impact I, I don't know that what I'm saying I'm not advocating you know necessarily that uh, be backward about your faith but sometimes I think even if someone has felt like ah oh, up until now I haven't been bold about my faith maybe you're positioned maybe you're in the right position to go hey guys, I stand for this and I believe mm -hmm. this. And you're in a position that can actually do something rather than just get straight fired. Well, I think you, yeah. bring, you bring up a good point. Like unless something is being mandated to you, you are mm -hmm. under no obligation to say what you think. Mm -hmm. If someone just asks you a question, you can say, ah, I'd really rather not talk about that. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. right. Exactly. Problem solved. That's that, and that's that wise as a serpent, innocent as a dove, right? Where it's I like, so. I, I got to be really aware of, the situation I'm in, the person, the context, and like like you said, what's the Holy Spirit doing, <laughs> yeah. right? And it's like all those things mixed together that we know, yeah. you know, what do we actually do here? And, and so in that context, you're talking about like a work relationship. Um, let's, let's close out this conversation with what about our friendships, right? Like people that we're friends with for long durations of time, they are going to and should find out what it is that we believe. Mm. And the thing that I would just put forward to um, anybody who feels this tension is please don't underestimate the power of the Holy Spirit to convict a person of sin. 
if you bring them into uh, into your church, into an environment where they might hear a pastor say some things that are not compatible with what they believe, don't underestimate the power of the Holy Spirit to convict that person. He absolutely can do it. And I also would say, don't uh, don't underestimate that person's ability to try to think objectively. Like if if your pastor is able to speak about issues dispassionately and kindly, which I, I think I've been able to do um, from from the platform, I certainly never aim to be belligerent. Um, mm. And so if you know they're at least going to receive it in a way that's like it's unemotional um, and and still kind then I think don't underestimate that person's ability to like consider something from another vantage point. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, maybe they can't, I don't know. But uh, in any case, I don't think that we should underestimate the Holy Spirit's ability to convict people of sin and lead them to Christ. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I I think I probably try to be a little more provocative. Uh, I always carry compassion, but I do know I'm trying to provoke thought and maybe stir people to, to activity uh, from, from the pulpit. And I think if you're in a friendship circle, it's completely different from a workplace, like in a workplace, yeah, I, I've got some severe repercussions for talking out of turn or to, to do it, but I've got to, I've got to navigate my walk with the Holy spirit. I think in a friendship, if it's a true friendship, uh, then I think a true friendship should be able to hold the values of what you believe mm-hmm. and be able to talk out at the, basis that friendship is there a, a respect and a love for each other, uh, vice versa. And I think that um, it's going to be very hard to all of a sudden lead someone to Christ that you've known for 10 years that you didn't even know were a Christian. They didn't yeah. even know you were a Christian. You know? yeah. So yeah, that's a little bit different. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think there has to be, um, it, it, they just can't show up to church and be absolutely shocked. About yes. what Wait a minute. I never <laughs> knew this was what you believed and who you were. Uh, exactly. God, God forbid. Exactly. Adam, thank you so much, man, for all of your wisdom. We love you a whole lot. We didn't even get to abortion. We didn't get to anything (laughs) crazy. (laughs) It's so good, though. We need to do it again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good stuff. Love you guys. Thank you. 